Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Welcome to Money Roots, the podcast where personal finance gets personal. Hosted by Amy Irvine, the CEO of Rooted Planning Group. Each week, Amy and her team dig deep into the world of finance, making it more approachable and understandable for everyone, no matter where you are on your financial journey. From savings and investments to budgeting and planning, Money Roots brings you practical advice, inspiring stories, and expert insights. They believe that everyone has the potential to grow a healthy financial future, and they're here to help you nurture it. So whether you're a financial guru or just starting to plant the seeds of your financial knowledge, this is the place for you. Get ready to uncover the tools and strategies that can help you thrive financially. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode of Money Roots. Hello, Money Roots listeners, Amy Irvine and Kate Welker here joining you today to talk about fun things like couples and money. As we're in the February months, we're thinking about all things that are Valentine's for the whole month in different varieties. So Kate and I are are really, I guess you want to say stoked, right, Kate, to talk about how money can integrate within a relationship. And in our particular conversation, we are going to be talking about couples. So uh, I know you have some thoughts on this topic, Kate, and I'll, I'll let you kind of take that over and start talking about your thoughts. And then I'll dive into talking about some of the psychology of money that sometimes couples have. Yeah, I think we are excited to dig into this this month, knowing that it is a month people think about love and relationships. So we thought we'd embrace it um, as well. And talking about money, especially with couples, can be difficult. It can be emotional. And uh, no one figures it out easily right away. It sometimes is a journey to get to finding a system that works for you and your relationship. So I think we were going to go through a few tips, some things we've seen that maybe work or suggestions about conversations to have or things that you can do in your relationship to talk about money um, in a place of maybe joy or at least less stress, not stressful, um, create happy mm-hmm. feelings and excitement maybe around money um, going there. So the one thing that I thought we'd start off with is something that I stole from Amy years ago. And this is setting a money date. Um, and it's going to look different for everybody. In my relationship, it's not as formal, but it's important to bring both people up to speed about the state of your finances, whether it is really finite and minutia or it's big picture. 
It's going to depend on your situation, but just coming together and looking at like, where are we? Um, maybe digging your head out of the sand a little bit to look at things together if that is causing a roadblock or celebrate wins too while you're doing it and achievements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Brent and I have our official uh, financial summit every uh, January. So we, we pick January 2nd typically is the date that we sit down with each other and very high level. Uh, we use e-money for ourselves as well. We like this year when I went through everything with them, I was showing them where everything was in e-money. I still have my sort of tracking sheet that I used. We have our spending plan that we went through. Um, you know, with Brett and I, we do tend to talk about it a little more uh, about where we're at and where we're spending money. Um, we, we got a little carried away again last year with some wine purchases. So I got to rein myself <laughs> back in this year. <laughs> that's my, that's one of my, you know, I, I, because I've, I've never when I enjoy wine, but I enjoy giving wine as a gift because I know what joy it brings to some people and I enjoy drinking it with people. So it's something I have to pay attention to. It was funny when we were talking about it. It's like, well, we were kind of low this year. I'm like, do not give me excuses. I don't need them. <laughs> I spent too much money on it last year. I'll be better this year. So I had to go back to a, a old method of how I track that particular purchase. But I I mean, that's a funny, you know, that's, that's one thing that I think every couple has, where do they spend money on that um, can can get carried away with some people it's eating out with other people. It's, you know, little, little expenses, you know, those kinds of things can add up over time, but it's being on the same page with each other, I think is really critical. And then checking in with each other. Um, I know in the past, we did an article on this, like, what if your spouse doesn't want to talk about money? Like they want to put their head in the sand. What what suggestions do we have to try to engage them in that conversation? Yeah, that can be really difficult and it can create a lot of burden on the person that is handling it. So I think it starts with small steps initially, just bringing things up in conversation. So um, I mentioned in, in my relationship, my husband, and I don't necessarily have a monthly date and he has a, he has complete confidence in me, but I also want him to be mm-hmm. involved too. So we'll just bring it up casually like in the car and I'll just kind of like, I won't make him do a whole financial review, but we'll go over briefly like, hey, this is the status of, this is what's outstanding. This is what's coming up. This is what's in the account. Um, and he, he is a very financially savvy person himself. I've just done that. But in some relationships, it's not. And the person just mm-hmm. does not want to be involved. So I, I think those small comments and conversations at um, good times, more laid back, casual times. So for me, it's a lot of times the car. Other times it's like we're just sitting on the couch watching TV. I'm scrolling through, um, you know, my laptop out looking at things just like, hey, turn the screen around, update. Here's where we're at. This, These are the accounts just to slowly start to get them involved or have a conversation with your partner is, is there something you want to do? Maybe there mm-hmm. is a piece that they would like to be involved in, but they don't, maybe they don't want to take it from you or approach it or make you feel like you're doing something wrong. Um, mm-hmm. So by just kind of opening up the conversation and the communication to see where they could step in and start maybe taking a little more ownership. Yeah, there's a commonality in the relationship someplace. Like where's the, you know, when I was going through the, those, um, certified financial therapist designation work, uh, it kept coming back to where's the common ground, where's the common ground, where's the common ground, right? So where can you start that there is that common ground? And then how do you build around that? And, and there are pieces like like you, I handle the majority of the finances uh, for building our future, you know, and our savings. But Brent is very involved and pays attention to what's going on in the short term. Um, and I do think some of that comes with uh, 
age to a certain extent too. Like, hey, I'm getting closer to <laughs> retirement. I want to know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, think that's that funny. Is really important. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I will say I showed Paul our financial plan, and I built a scenario around retirement. And he's like, "Oh, that's kind of cool. Like, um, you know, this is what you all do all day, but you're showing me." And it made him think about things in a different way. And then he said he went to work the next day and was telling people, "Like, do you know that if I retire this year, it looks like this? But if I do it this year, it looks like this." Um, so it just got him really excited about it too. And um, money is something that, like I said, everyone has emotions and it can be so intangible. But finding ways to to get excited and I think celebrating—I mentioned before—celebrating wins, especially if you've had a rough financial. Really trying to move ahead of it. Um, just fa- the hardest part is facing where you're at, putting it all down and looking at it, and then making decisions to go forward and, and try to find little celebrations. Yeah. And Kate, I think a good tip around that too is if you think about when you're going on a trip, this is a journey. You you just mentioned that it's a journey, right? So if you think about going on any other journey, a road trip or whatever, you've got point A is where you're at right now, and you're trying to get to point B. So I like to tell some couples: imagine yourself at point B. What does that look like right so so there's like this it's not just being in the grind of it it's actually okay i imagine myself at that point b now let's talk about all the little rest breaks because you know you have to stop quite a bit for me anyways you know where are all the rest stops that we need to take along the way to actually get to that point b those rest stops are are sort of the action items right you're driving down the road stop check in okay what do i need to do different at this you know, rest, rest stop, drive down the road a little further. Okay, check in. So if you have that kind of built in, and you know that those are check in points, I think it doesn't, it also takes away the stress just a little bit of what whatever the journey is that you're going on or the conversation. Like those are things that when people have um, relationships where one person just doesn't want to talk about money, it's having an agreed upon like, can we can we at least do this? Can we and, and I know it brings anxiety, I get it, it brings anxiety to both people in the relationships. But can we at least agree to X. And this is where sometimes it's like, okay, you need to have, you know, the his, hers and ours, right? So you, you get a certain amount that goes over into your account. You spend it however you want. I don't want to know. I don't care. It's yours. Do whatever. And then I've got mine. You don't need to know, do whatever. But then we've got central account that pays all the bills and everything is taken care of. That right there, I've seen save many relationships personally. And you're both on the same journey. Um, I know just personally at times when maybe money was tighter and I was like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm supposed to fix it all. I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna take care of it. I don't want to burden the other person. Well they want to know like they would like to be involved and know more often mm-hmm. too. So it's it can be either whether it's guilt, responsibility, all these feelings mm-hmm. we assign to ourselves, remembering that there's more than one person involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I mean even with what you just said, like um, you know, and if one person has the I'll, it'll work out, it'll work out. And the other person is like, but how you know, I feel like I'm supposed to solve this problem. You know, you could hear the change in my voice, like just the personalities are definitely, you know, there when, when you have those situations. And when the person that says, oh, it'll work out, it'll work out, it actually sometimes creates more anxiety in the person that's supposed to solve the problem. Yes. Yeah. And then flipping it a little bit too, we were, Amy and I were talking about what if you are someone that wants to be more involved and you're not. So that can be just as difficult if your spouse either intentionally or just not intentionally isn't sharing as much. And I, I think it's a very similar advice, which is just small communications. Start small, you know, be open, let them know 
And it could very much be the point of this is causing me a lot of anxiety and stress not to understand where we're Can you share more with me? Can you give me little responsibilities? Because it's really important to know where you're at, not have that anxiety about the unknown, as well as having your own skills. Because if someone is taking care of everything and then they're not there, it we, we've seen we've seen it with situations and in, in widows mm-hmm. that are just at a complete loss because they've not had the responsibility, the skills. You know, kind of it's not use it or lose it completely, but it's definitely mm-hmm. not as sharp um, or just understanding where things are. Yeah, and I think Kate, on top of that, you know, there is a there's language that can somebody can use to say because I think sometimes you know it's a it's a protection me- mechanism. I got you taken care of. You don't have to worry about it. And then the other person is saying, but I believe you. I believe that you've got me taken care of and that I don't have to worry about it. But in the absence of knowledge, I do worry about it. So can we, I I know you have it taken care of and I'm so thankful that you do. Can you give me like a five minute summary? Can you just have a, is there a place I can go to see where, like when our bills do or, you know, I, I think there's language that can be used in every situation to sort of engage, not take it over, but engage and, and take the worry off. And I think that's a question that the person that is taking care of the other person needs to, to ask too is, well, is there something specific that you're worried about? You know, what is it that that you're expressing concern to me about? Um, it's not a trust thing most of the time. It's just there is a concern and and listening to what that concern is and being open to hearing and not not saying to somebody, don't worry about it. Because the moment somebody says to me, don't worry about it, that's when I'm like, <gasps> I was just thinking in my head as you were talking about like a doctor's appointment and they tell you everything's fine. It's okay. And I say yeah. back, okay, but please show me, show me my blood work, show me my stats. I just want to know the details because then I'll feel okay because I'm a detail person. I need to know what it is. You know, that's a really good point that you just brought up. And I want to, I want to, it just popped into my head. So this was not any part of the planned conversation, but I want to share with you guys, a lot of people that know me know I have a thyroid condition. And when I was discovering the thyroid condition, the doctors just kept saying to me, you're in your, all of your numbers are in normal range. Just like a financial person can say all your numbers are within normal range. But when I demanded to see my results and demanded was exactly what I did. And I'm not saying that you have to demand to see things, but I started looking at the numbers and I'm like, well, why is this number on my, it was a thyroid number, the TSH number. Why is that number like really going up a lot? Cause it, I noticed that it was really increasing quite a bit compared to some of the other numbers. And when I asked the doctor that question, they're like, huh, yeah, it's tripled in eight months. So it was still within a normal range. But when you start to see progress like that, that's there's a sign, there's a pattern. And money is the same thing. If you start to see, you know, something change significantly, that's a pattern. It was so much easier, you know, it would be so much easier to get a handle on something that you start to see a pattern versus waiting until it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Because when you have to fix the problem, now you got to get it. You've got a lot more work than if you create that, that little bit of, uh, you know, pit stop, I guess you want to say for that. I, I think that was a really good example because I think in my case, 
had I not said, but look at these numbers. And I waited until somebody said, oh yeah, you, you know, how bad would I have been off? I was already, I already knew something was wrong. Like it was just getting the doctors to know about it. If I had waited until they said your numbers are off, then it was going to be a bigger problem to fix what was going on with me. And I think the same is true with your financial numbers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Having that, having that check-in and looking at it and the, un- and the understanding and the confidence and where the numbers are coming yeah, from. Yeah. Catching it early. Yeah. It's prevention, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, um, I think I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and then we can come back to this topic maybe, but just in the best interest of time, I mentioned early on that I would talk about sort of the, the Maslow hierarchy of needs when it comes to money just a little bit. And people that have seen me talk before have heard this a little bit, or you may have listened to a prior podcast where I talk about it. But when you think about Maslow's hierarchy, it starts out at the level of survival, then goes safety and security, then love and belonging, then self-esteem and then self-actualization. And in the United States, we don't, I mean, there's certainly people are that are at that level of survival, survival. I mean, they, they literally don't have um, enough food or they're truly surviving. But for the most part, we as a country don't have that global issue. But people who are, would fit in that mindset for like the, the survival mode, if they view money from a survival mode, that means they don't trust systems. They, they want to amass cash and they see money as a way of making sure they survive. So it's in the mattress kind of people. And the problem with that is that, and this is what I, when I'm talking to people about that, is that is a real feeling and it needs to be acknowledged. However, if our financial system goes, so too will the money. So hiding it in the mattress actually isn't necessarily a a good way to go about doing that. I'm not saying don't keep some cash on hand. I think it is important to keep a little bit and like natural disaster type things and stuff like that. But I'm just saying, you know, the idea that our entire system is going to fail, there are, there is real anxiety that comes with that. And I, I think acknowledging that is really important. We don't see a lot of people that are of that mindset. They might have bits and pieces of that mindset. But where we do see, or I do see a lot of people is when it gets into the safety and security uh, level of Maslow's hierarchy. And again, this is not physical safety and security like Maslow's would be. This is from the mindset of money. People who view the world and money from safety and security get stressed when the bank accounts drop too low or debt is becoming increased. They feel threatened and, and, whenever and it's a, a number in their head. So like if you say, I feel comfortable with $10,000 in the bank, if it starts to get below $10,000, they physically feel unsafe. They feel insecure. Um, and, and if they are feeling threatened and maybe their partner spends a little bit more money, even as a gift to them, they perceive that gift as a threat instead of an expression of love. That can become a real problem with a couple because if one person um, shows their love, which is the next realm, if they're a love and belonging person and they show their love by getting a gift, that safety and security person is like, what are you doing? You know, that they actually take it as a negative. And the other person person is like, I don't get it. I'm buying you something that you wanted or desired and you're jumping down my throat over it. Mm -hmm. We see it. And those Mm -hmm. two areas, again, love and belonging, 
people who see the world through love and belonging, they see money as a way of expressing their love. And often it will trump their own future retirement, you know, issues or, or life in their, um, you know, it could be things like retirement or whatever it might be, but it's, it's a situation where they, they are showing their love by spending money on somebody. So those two, and you get a couple in the room where one is a safety and security person and one is a love and belonging person and you've got conflict like you would not believe. And it could be the love and belonging person could be given to their kids and they shouldn't be, um, Mm -hmm. which can cause the safety and security spouse to be like, but we have to take care of ourselves in order to take care of our children. You know, it can create an immediate argument. I've been in the room with those uh, discussions before. They're not always the most fun (laughs) part of being a financial planner. Um, and then you go up the next realm where you're talking about self-esteem. Well, interestingly enough, people who see the world through self-esteem frequently see those things that make them feel good as a necessity or a necessity you know, really necessary. Um, going to a job, an example would be like going to a good, uh, going to a job interview means a new outfit. It's got to happen. You can't go to your closet and pick out something you already have. You have to go get a new outfit and they view it as being a necessity necessary. It builds their confidence. So they have to have it. It makes them complete and they feel others judging them. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's kind of like they're looking at that saying, well, you know, you're judging me for buying something that made me gave me the confidence. So now now it's almost like I'm I have to do it. Like again, mm-hmm. you're judging me for doing it, but I've got to do it. And it's it's you know, it's it's something that you build up. It also can be something like um you know, there could be deep rooted issues around self esteem. Uh, it, I it's sort of the Joneses in, image in a in some respects, you know, like trying to keeping up with the Joneses, but it could be something that is very deep in in your life that causes you to spend in order to to make you feel good. You know that that's something that it, a certain amount of self esteem I think is good, but again, if it goes too far, you take a safety and security person and a self esteem person you're going to have conflict. And then if you take a self-esteem person and a love and belonging person, you're going to have conflict too, because love and belonging is trying to give it away. Self-esteem is trying to spend it on themselves. So again, this is what makes our job very interesting. And then when you think about getting to the top of self-actualization, self-actualization is where you're actually spending money in ways that meet your values. A lot of time that's masked to safety and security. A lot of times people that are at self-actualization really actually look like they're in safety and security because they're trying to match up how they spend their money with their values. And if mm-hmm. they think something is, you know, not a value to them, they're not going to spend the money. I know we've talked about this in the past. I tend to default to safety and security. Like I, Kate, you and I have talked I'm about nodding that, my head. Yep, you know, I yeah, yep. I mean, you know, it, it will save for something. You and I will save for something knowing like it's something that we're going to spend money on. And then when it's actually time to spend the money on that, we're like, do I really oh, need it? It hurts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it does. Yeah. I've amassed does. a certain amount of money and now it looks nice sitting in my brokerage account or my bank account or whatever. And even though it's a goal that I have and I've been saving for it diligently to let go of that money for the instant that you're, you know, like to 
to push the button. It's like, oh, it's so stressful to me. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's where you kind of have to have a partner that says, but we save for this. You know, think of the joy it's going to add to your life. And you were talking about the joy part of it. Think of the joy it's going to add to your life. For years, we've been talking about Brent and I are going on this Scotland trip for years, right? We've been, we've got money set aside. We're ready to go. But I will tell you when it came time to hit the button to start like actually spending the money to, to I had to have Brent do it. I had to have him be the one that actually pulled the trigger because for me, it was like, even though the money's there, I like seeing the money there. I, I cannot know that it's actually being spent. So yep. it's crazy how I, mean, I don't mean that like self, like judging somebody is crazy. I'm just saying that it's like, it's all in our head a lot of times. And I think it's important when I just went down through that, you can see. And when I do this talk in person, I always see people like nodding their heads and they're like, that's me. You know, they're raising their mm-hmm. hands and they're like, oh, that's why myself and I always fight about money because he's here and I'm, you know, she's here, she's here and she's, here. you know, it's, it's that kind of um, awareness that will actually help you though, have those little conversations. And sometimes we'll even joke about it. Like my safety and security hat's coming on. I got to take it off. You know, like it's, it can yeah. be something that you bring to the table and laugh about a little bit too, if you're aware of what your style is. Yeah, no, I know. I was just going to bring up that point, Amy, is understanding your style becomes so important in your communication. I think back a little to the like love languages. People are so, um, spend so much time understanding. And if you get that done, it helps in your communications on your money style, understanding where you are and understand that wherever your your partner is or uh, other loved ones around you, there's probably a reason for very many years that has led to that. So safety and security, especially people that did not have safety and security as children, there is a lot of emotional tie to that. And they, they might know they're okay, but it's it's still there. It's a trigger for them and they're going to default to that situation. Um, so I think by understanding yourself and your partner, um, we played a game at a conference going through this and I took the cards and I identified my areas and I had my, um, I had Paul do the same thing and I was like, huh, we're opposites. Um, so just, <laughs> <Go figure. laughs> it, I was like, hmm, interesting. And then I was like, this makes sense. Um, so it was just a fun activity, but now we kind of call back and I'm like, all right, we're wearing these hats. And that's why I'm having this reaction right now. Yeah, which I think helps me manage it too. Because when I realize I'm having an emotional reaction to something, I can say, okay, this is, I think it's important to recognize those reactions. I think it's important to say to yourself, you're, you're having a reaction, pause for a moment. Like, how would you, how, how would you deal with this if it wasn't your reaction? How would you, how do you need to feel differently about this? Or how do you not feel differently? That's the wrong term. How do you reframe this? Mm-hmm. Because you can't feel differently. You feel what you feel, but how do you reframe it? And I think that's really important. Yeah, I agree. I I, I was just struggling thinking about you spending the money because I'm the same way. And, you know, we had two large purchases last year that made me think about this. One was a vehicle and I'm still kind of salty about letting that money go because <laughs> it just felt like a necessity. And I was like, oh, but the other one was a vacation. And for me, I was just like, yeah, how much, how much money? 500 more? Sure. Like, because I think I was thinking of the experience, which was outweighing yeah. that so much. So it was like, put that, put that hat on and, um, figure out the why and, you know, yeah. where it's going uh, and, yeah. and check yourself. It's so funny. Cause after, after the purchases were made and the, you know, we paid for it and the money was gone, I don't even fret about it now. Like it's yeah. not, it's not, so, it's so, and I'm really, as everybody is going to know by the end of this year, I'm really excited about this trip. I'm super pumped up about it. It's, it's not only helped me in my personal, like, you know, I'm looking forward to it and we're excited, but it's also helping me in my business life 
life because um, I'm looking at things and thinking, okay, I'm going to be out of the country for you know a couple of weeks here. I better make sure that I have taught everybody on the team like what I do when I'm here. You know, it's not just a not just a seven day vacation. This is a very long three week, three and a half week vacation. It's it's there's stuff that comes up during that period of time. So I, I encourage people who are feeling the way that Kate and I are and if there's figure out why you're feeling the way that you are and um, maybe uh, re-listen to some of the things that we were describing about money personalities. Um, you know, there's lots of stuff out online that you can go and find your money personality about. But have your partner do that too if they're willing to. And if they're not, then maybe, you know, maybe set some little language or fun around having some money, having some conversation around money. Uh, I have had people say, no matter what I do, my spouse won't talk about it. And in that situation, the only thing I can suggest to do is just have very uh, encouraging conversations. Like don't, none of the, like the language that you use can't be judgy or can't be negative. You've got to put a a spin on it where they really do actually want to talk about it. And and that's easier said than done. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. It is. Well, Kate, I think you and I could sit and jam on this all day, but we're coming up to our half hour mark, which is probably a little longer than we typically go. But I, I just think this was such great conversation. I hope everybody has really enjoyed today's conversation between Kate and I. And you know, if you want to learn more about the services that we can offer around these topics, hop on over to our website at rootedplanninggroup.rootedpg.com. Excuse me. And um, schedule a discover call. We'd love to have you, uh, you know, as a um, as somebody who is interested in these kinds of topics. And please feel free to share this with friends. We want you to push this out to them. We want them to hear what you're hearing. Review us on iTunes if you can, because the more people that like us, subscribe to us, actually that builds up our um, subscriber base when people are looking for things. So we hope you enjoyed the show and. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. No matter what's going on in your life this month, give a little love to yourself as well. You've been listening to Money Roots, your go-to podcast for making personal finance accessible and approachable. Thanks for joining us today. Amy and her team have enjoyed guiding you through the roots of your financial journey. Remember, whether you're planting new seeds of financial knowledge or nurturing the growth of your existing financial plans, Money Roots is here to support you every step of the way. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and visit our website at www.rootedpg.com backslash podcasts for more resources. And of course, subscribe to Money Roots wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. A big thank you to the sponsor, Rooted Planning Group, for making this show possible. At Rooted Planning Group, they're committed to helping you cultivate a thriving financial future. Until next time, keep growing your money roots.